I vote blue and wear red. The way global warming is going, I'm going to oh. be like Meredith Marks and sleep with half of New York. <laughs> Wait, I don't understand. What does that have to do with this? Oh, got it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You guys. Oh, my God. It's Andy's girls. I literally was thinking of Meredith Marks disengaging and not Meredith Marks fucking half of New York. New York. Which is, I am so ashamed of myself because I love that monologue. I, I just said it on the last episode. I'm obsessed with it. One of the greatest moments of all time in Housewives history. Like, I can't get enough. And it's like, listen, I I sort of honestly feel bad with like how much I delight in it because I'm sure Meredith doesn't love it, even though she's now monetized it with merch. But oh, like, completely, it's the housewife way. <laughs> I mean, I think it's really funny. I really do. I think exactly. it's magical. I mean, she said like there were some harsh things, but they weren't like. You can rebound from being called a whore. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> honestly, that's like a form of self-care at the end of the day. Listen, and why are we, sh- why, why should we slut shame? We don't know the details of her and Seth's relationship. Let them, let them slut around. Yeah. And if you were married to Seth Marks, wouldn't you want to fuck half of New York just to try to forget? <laughs> I bet you sex with Seth Marks is so creepy, but like he doesn't mean to be creepy, but it's probably just like, Seth, stop. Okay, so here's the deal. I don't even know. Somebody keeps reposting his videos, and I cannot remember who it is. But there's a content ca- content creator who keeps reposting his because he does these like Instagram stories. They're creepy. Completely dead on, like doing like a Seth Marks horoscope. And God bless him. But who is going to Seth Marks for advice on literally anything? I'm still trying to understand what he does for a living. Yeah, what is his job? <laughs> I don't, and honestly, like, I'm sure it's huge. I don't understand. Like, it's some kind of, like, company takeover thing, but, like, you lost me a company unless you're talking Sondheim, and then I'm all ears, like, original Broadway cast recording. But if you're not Elaine Stritching, I don't know. I am a lady who lunches. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what there is to say. You lost me a company. Something about company and employees. Anyway, listen, guys, a lot of words and things, but it's Andy's girls. We're going to get started and say a whole lot more. I'm so excited to have a return guest to the People's People's Couch, a.k.a. Zoom Kiki. You know him as Culture Programs Lead at Brex, co-host of the podcast Thoughts and Prayers, T-H-O-T-S. <laughs> Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Daniel Stokes. Daniel, how are you? I'm doing great. I feel like I'm like, you know, when people on SNL like come on for like their fifth time. I don't know if this is my fifth time being here, but like you keep inviting me back. And I always feel like honored and privileged, even though I'm always have the craziest schedule. <laughs> no, I love talking to you because I think you're just you have such an interesting perspective. And honestly, you also have and truly I can feel this from a Zoom, the best energy around. Thank you. <laughs> like I'm such a I mean, I need to like do some shit talking with my psychiatrist on Wednesday. Cause I'm like, bitch, like what are we doing for me? Can you not give me the Daniel treatment? Like I'm very intentional about every everything I do. Everything I do and say it's all it's all intentional. So where where did that perspective form? 
Um, I would honestly say within like the last like two or three years, I would say I probably always thought that I was like living la vida loca per um, songstress Ricky Martin. Um, <laughs> but in fact, I was not living. I was doing some loca. Or loco? Mm. I don't. I don't. Not bilingual. Um, <laughs> I think it's loca. I think it's loca. Okay. But like, Into as it. my tagline alluded to, <laughs> shit is hitting the fan. It is mm. like eighty degrees today in New York on November seventh, <sighs> the day before <laughs> election day, and like mm. we don't. We're not here for a long time. So just like live. <laughs> We are most certainly here for a good time, about 30% of the time, if not for a long time. Yeah. I, did you go outside? Did you cheer the runners yesterday on uh, Marathon Sunday? You know, it was the first time in my 10 years living here where I did mm. not go on and cheer okay. the runners because okay. I went and voted. Okay, a different way to cheer our fellow New Yorkers. Exactly, exactly. But I didn't change my address, so I had to go back to my old stomping grounds Ooh. doing using Sunday service, Marathon Sunday public transit. Wow, and how did that go? I mean, it took me like an hour and 15 minutes just to get to like Prospect Park. From? Williamsburg. Oh, that's not great. Yeah. It wasn't fun. But you know what? In the, in the name of democracy and hopes and prayers that we don't wake up on Wednesday sad. Yeah, I mean, I stand an early voter. I We're recording this Monday. I'm so excited to go to my local polls tomorrow. I have to say that I am one of those people who likes to vote day of because, and I'm just going to knock on my desk right now because I feel that I am going to be saying something, you know, like it's like when you say something is always like a certain way and then it's going to exactly. be the opposite day. But I have to say, knock on, knock on glass desk, metal, whatever the fuck that is, mirror. Um, I have to say that my polling place is always a fucking dead. Me, I don't know. I, I have, I've honestly tried to see if I can make that the, like I want, I've gone at different times of the day. And it's always in previous dead. And it's always dead. It's just this one, it happens to be this one little school, super Yorkville, super East. And we just, I don't know what it is about us. We just kind of vibe and everybody's always like really friendly. Yeah, that's you know, good, one though. year. Yeah, one year they did not. Unfortunately, it, it, it was the day in 2016 when I did not have a sticker. They ran out of stickers and I was so upset about it. And I thought, if you well, don't get a sticker, gonna... you didn't vote. I was like, well, this is going to ruin my day. And I literally. <laughs> did you go to discovered... another polling place? Um, I didn't. A friend of mine actually um, got me a bonus sticker from her. Okay, I think she told them good. there was that's an good. irate voter. But um, yeah, that was not. It did not it turn out that that was the worst part of my day. So um, you would think, you know, voting. <laughs> November, whatever, 2016, that I will be thinking of other things. But I was real pissed about that sticker. Um, listen, so I'm mazel tov to you for you voting well. yeah. and you doing your civic uh, duty. And mm -hmm. I yesterday cheered on the runners, which is one of my favorite things to do. You know it's this as a New a Yorker. Thing. It's such a great thing to witness because these people are, well, one, they're running. Mm -hmm. um, something I don't relate to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're running mm -hmm. for longer than just to catch the subway. So, like, I appreciate them. 
Well, we do, Mayor. I mean, we're competitive marathoners. Look at like the rewatches of New York season oh, three, true. girls yes. trip, any season. I want to start training for those marathons. Yeah, you're right. Let me, let's not put ourselves down. We too put in the work. <laughs> I mean, we train, you know, some people train for the marathon 10 months out of the year. We do all 12. All 12. I mean, the fact that we got through last season of Beverly Hills, <laughs> where's my medal? <laughs> I have to say, so like, hello, Kajus to us, Bravo TV. If you're listening, you are absolutely not. We would love to have some kind of little, like, you know, tinfoil shenanigan. Like when we had the Olympics at my all-girl sleepaway camp and I won for archery or something. I don't even know. Archery? I was like, Are you Katniss Everdeen? <laughs> I really was like accidentally good. It was archery and BB guns, believe it or not. I don't oh, okay. know if that's still a thing, but I are had you, are, a, So you're in my apocalypse eye. tribe because you clearly know. <laughs> you know what this is so terrible i keep thinking about the apocalypse and the like end. what well i mean tis the season and i feel like you know i used to have an out because i worked for a, a very well-regarded celebrity family as their mm. nanny so for a year and a half get, you get on their spaceship a hundred percent i would have they would have been like you know you're gonna be there you can watch the kid like no problem and I, I considered a friend of the family during that time like I I, I think yeah, I would have been in. I was locked in and now I'm like oh I'm completely fucked oh completely I will literally be on my rooftop like ah, aliens <laughs> 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 like probably having a bar like a, a party there'll be a speaker <laughs> maybe even a DJ some light bites What's your <laughs> What's your biggest apocalyptic fear? What's the thing that would be scariest to you? Well, I'm very I am ve I'm very easily scared. Um mm -hmm. like whenever my partner like stays over, I leave the shower curtain slightly open because he like he knows it's easy to scare me. So like Oh, I was like, but your partner's there. Why would you? Oh, I get it. Because they would scare you. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's hilarious. Okay, into and that. I'm like, into it's that. not. So like, like, I've worked at places where it's like, oh, let's just do this and record it. So like, <laughs> I would just hate to be that. <laughs> I would just hate to be that person that's like, like, first of all, I would hate to have to be like in a position where I'm forced to survive. Like, mm, yeah. like, if, like if the people come and they say, come on, I'm like, okay. But then I'm like mm -hmm. in the situation. So it's like, what if I get scared? And then like I, the zombies hear us. And like, everyone's like, it's your fault. I locked my mom. Mm -hmm. <sighs> That's you my know, biggest fear. <laughs> even though I've seen World War Z an unconscionable amount of times, guys, the Brad Pitt, like scary Why? thriller. It's so, cause it's so well done. It's I've only seen so, it once. Oh my God. It's so well done. And I love knowing that like similar to Titanic, it was a production behind the scenes that everyone thought would be like destined to failure. It was a huge yeah. disaster. They had to rewrite, rewrite the ending that was first written. They did t months and months of reshoots. It was going to be this epic failure and it ended up being this banana success that I think is such a well done product and production so i like love Maybe to watch, I'll watch it. it tonight honestly and it's always on like a streaming service it, it bounces back and forth between whatever so you can definitely okay. find it and probably on a place you've already subscribed to so i gotta say zombies are not for me but i also think like even just like the basic castaway survival skills i am not meant to like live as an adult person without some sort 
of guide or support. So me being there with the volleyball, like I would have a volleyball with a face painted on it just for kicks. Like I talk to my fish son PK every day. I tell him how proud of him I am. I ask him how he's doing. He's been going through some health challenges. We've been in it together. I, you know, I, I, so the idea of being on an island where like I'm supposed to understand how to make Fire. fire i've watched almost every season of survivor and like oh, i don't it. understand how they live like i, I don't, don't know either get i it. would completely fail miserably i mean i could potentially survive on survivor but like if you were in a zombie apocalypse well i don't know because i'm jolly so people might think see that as a mm. threat for as far as my social game and like i mean i'm not like in shape but i'm not like out of shape like i can push through a competition and just be tired like everybody else all those competitions lately, I know I'm a couple weeks behind on Current Survivor, but it's oh, always like so endurance, endurance, endurance puzzle. And everyone gets fucked up on the puzzle. puzzle. I am not a, I'm not a puzzle person. Not a puzzle person like, either. I'm not going to do the endurance. I'm going to be that gal that sits out every single fucking time. And I'm not <laughs> going to do the puzzle. I like don't understand what like the end result is. I would be the person being like, we can't start. <laughs> you need to <laughs> And then, like, run out the clock. You're out. No, I think no. I love it because mm-hmm. everyone's always like, I used to sit on my couch and now look at me, I'm here. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh my. I cry far too much in that show, at least once an episode. What, watching Survivor? Completely. I'll just be like, oh my God, they lost their flint. <gasps> Which housewife do you think would have the best shot at winning Survivor, past or present? Ooh, best housewife who. You know, I'm going to say Bethany, Bethany and Candace were the first two people that popped into my head. Mm. Cause I feel like Candace is, mm-hmm. sh- they both have a very sharp tongue mm-hmm. and they have a lot of wit about them and they're very smart. So I feel like they mm-hmm. both would be able to know how to play the game. Cause I feel like they both play hard as housewives mm-hmm. in the sense of bringing the comedy, bringing the mm-hmm. drama, but also will, you know, mention it all at tribal council and really get some tongue twisters out there. You know what? Those are both really good options. I do have to say, I thought about a little in my head. I was like, maybe Kenya, but you know who I settled on just now? Dolores Catania. Dolores oh. Catania. She has the, she could do the endurance. Correct. She's like in it to win it. She ran a gym. She's super smart. Her social skills are incredibly impressive so much so that she has been on housewives for about a decade before she was actually a housewife because she was in the she was a fucking background actor true, like she true. was like friend of caroline she would sneak up on you you wouldn't think that she was a threat until after she had absolutely got you voted off the island exactly and dolores. people like her people like dolores dolores could completely screw me over on survivor and i would be like babe you 100 percent have my vote Oh my God, thank you for this journey together. If I were on that season, I would, in in honor of Wendy Williams, call her Black Dolores. (laughs) Oh, would you? Would you? I always found it funny that Wendy Williams would always call her Black Dolores. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, whenever she would talk about Housewives on on Jersey on her show, she'd be like, you know, the the Black one. But she knows she's not Black. Oh my God. Um, Well, listen, (laughs) shifting gears a little bit. (laughs) We're both just staring at each other, blinking. Um, Shifting gears a little bit, because you referenced Candace 
We have a new Potomac upon us this new season. We're several episodes in. Things are happening. And a lot of them include Candace directly. Yes. What's the sense, the vibe that you're getting in what the show is showing us about Candace? I feel like, I mean, I literally texted some friends earlier today. I cannot wait to see the dragging that Candace Bassett Dillard Dillard Bassett, <laughs> whatever, is going to bring to the reunion towards Giselle doesn't have a man, Brian, and mm-hmm. Wendy, not Wendy, um, Ashley, well, Ashley. Oh, oh and Ashley. well, I mean, well, I guess I we're answering how impressive she is because we're naming everyone. In well, the I'm just like, I'm really trying to, I literally started thinking about the couches in my head because that the like the dragging. The calm dragging that mm. Candace was giving Ashley in those last moments. And when they cut to her confessional, she's like, I knew I should have trusted my instinct and not let that bulbous forehead. And I said, oh, I mean, what? Okay, neck? Okay, ankles? Like, come on. She has been on point. And I feel like Candace has learned, listen, I'm no longer doing this with you and I am mm. going to bring it. And I feel like she is going to completely annihilate them in the reunion. Because Candace's best quality is that she is quick, she is witty, and she is mm-hmm. funny. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times people described it as her being aggressive and like down, but like everyone's makes fun of each other. It's just mm-hmm. how how smart can you make it? We all have made the comments about Ashley's forehead. But she just takes it to the next level. Well, I feel like this is the thing where we get into a little bit of an area of nuance. Because previously I've talked about Candace's body and fat shaming against content creators and other people on social and how... Uh, gross I have found it and she's never really taken responsibility for that but putting that aside because I think it's important to move on everyone on Potomac it's shady and I think what she is doing right now to me doesn't cross the line that she had previously it could be seen as a sign of growth that she's saying like forehead instead of other stuff I'm like okay I'm gonna take this as progress she seems much more I don't know the I don't know if the word is comfortable or confident. Mm. I just feel like she knows who she is. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in that like fourth wall breaking of the moment, like the fact yeah. that she even said, like, and by the way, you better keep this in. Like, I just I I just know it's just gonna keep getting better and better and better. But I need I, I need her to get I need Giselle to get annihilated at a reunion. I don't I'm not saying I need her kicked off the show. But I feel like it's been alluded many a times that a lot of the moments of struggle for Giselle and reunions have been taken out. Um, and even uh, even Wendy was speaking on in an interview saying how like last season's reunion, Giselle had, well, was brought up that Giselle had a breakdown, but Wendy's like, I'm not gonna speak on it. But Candace oh. does bring it up this season about like how some people are given better edits in certain situations. So I'm I'm ready for them to just pull back the curtain and just let us really see Giselle at a very low, vulnerable place. Unreasonably shady. It is a wild thing to consider that almost dire emotional moments have been cut out of 
reunions past yeah. and i wonder how candace is going to reference that is did when did dr wendy suggest that candace was referencing that like on camera as a part of plot or something that she was going to talk about like on watch what happens or i think else? i think it, i think she made it seem like it was brought up like during their wow. their filming basically someone had to ask wendy you know, do you feel certain people get favoritism and brought up the rumors that Giselle actually had a worse reunion than we saw? And oh she God. said, I'm, I can't speak. She's like, I'm not going to speak to that. She said, but I will say that Candace has, did bring it up. She said, if it, it, if it does make air, what Candace said, I will then comment on wow. it. But if it doesn't, then I won't. And with Candace, what's so kind of, um, don't know interesting and I almost want to say that like what's so thoughtful to me about her behavior so far this season is that previously it felt like she was fighting for control which I get I understand but she was she felt under attack and this season noting that her husband is under attack or under the magnifying glass or whatever I think she feels centered in control yes that's what it is she feels centered right and it feels like it's having an impact in how she's responding to things and maybe it took something that was to so many people most especially Candace the feeling of something being so ludicrous yeah and asinine but also dangerous what she feels how she feels the conversations around Chris, where she feels that could lead that she at this point from what we've seen so far is like, I'm going to call this out. I'm going to call the producer because this is just ridiculous. I'm not going to fall into this trap. Exactly. And it's like, especially that, I mean, that's your husband, that's your partner. Like you don't want Mm -hmm. very unsavory things being said about them. But I also, I think like, there's so much behind the scenes that we never see. And it's kind of like, she knows these girls. She knows the game they play. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure there have been many off-camera conversations about how they're going to act around certain people. And now she's realizing, oh, so I rode with all these other people. And which, love Bravo fans, we're so smart. We, all, we, we told Candace, Giselle and Robin are only with you because they don't like Monique. And mm. once Monique is out the picture, you're going to see that they're going to turn on you. And I mean, you're giving me eyes about that. They did, they did kind of saunter away from her a little bit. But what I thought was so what was what I thought was so revealing at the end of the episode was that moment when Candace acknowledged the glimmer in Ashley's eye. Yes. Ashley essentially said, now it's your, your turn. turn. How does it feel? Equating this whole Michigas that it includes a lot of like, you know, things that like literally didn't happen. The yeah. Mia referencing oh things. Oh my God. The, the editors are so shady. <laughs> the ed- but like, thank God they were honestly, because I, I think Candace can feel like she's being defended because the editors are calling out what's exactly. happening there. But the way that Ashley looked at Candace and was like, how does it feel like this now? Really, truly equalizing Michael's aggressive, inappropriate, physical touch, consent, breaking, boundary, smashing, groping of cast members, spouses, members of production, 
whomever else multiple times humiliate choosing to whom humiliate his wife on camera because either he doesn't have control of himself and does this regardless or he wanted to make a mess of his life's place of work and equating that with Chris talking to Giselle in a dressing room and exchanging messages with Ashley and whomever else. Yeah, that's tough. What's your, what was your reaction to that moment? I mean, it was just so like, it's a stretch. And my thing is like, as a viewer, we're, I'm always going to see the stretch. I'm always like the, like we see it, you can't fake it. And so it's just like, it's frustrating because it's like, just be real, just be honest, like stop Mm -hmm. making things up for a storyline. But also it's like, it's a TV show, y'all. Like, do we really have to go, like, low? Like, like I can see if, like, I don't know, someone was going bankrupt again. Like, woohoo, that's fun. Like, I mean, it's not. <laughs> but, like, I just get so tired. And it's like, I mean, Candace has constantly tweeted, like, every week, like, oh, another week of some desperate birds, like, creating fake mm-hmm. drama for, like, for a check. Like, those kids are about to clock out and those are the only scenes you have, which I mean, that's kind of all Giselle does have is her daughters making fun of her clothing. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like, once they're gone, like what does she have besides continuing to s- steal plumage and, and, and borrow other people's happiness in the form of tearing down their marriage? Oh my God. Do you think it's possible to be on Housewives for X number of seasons and not have your marriage go under the magnifying glass? What makes no. this different? No. Or is it not? I don't, I think, I mean, when you put yourself out there in any way, shape, or form, like people are always going to criticize you. And I think, you know, people think and assume they know people based off this glimmer of their life we see on television and so it's like obviously if your husband says something to you crazy that's gonna probably make it on film so then Mm. the people start oh i would never let someone talk to me and it's like girl your husband just like threw a shoe at you like not saying that's happening but like you know like couples argue they have unsavory moments these Mm -hmm. couples just help just so happen to have it happening on television so then when you take millions of people's thoughts and ideas about your marriage and it's personified and then they make up their own stories and their own opinions and it of course is gonna trickle into you know the relationship I feel like sometimes that's probably why Robin hasn't gotten remarried to Juan is Mm. because at the end of the day like whether she's married to him or not there's going to be that conversation there's going to be that so I think she's probably trying to protect herself and probably hold off as long as she can to be like I don't know if I want to because then if that's her main storyline that season, then it's just going to be constantly the pressure, the cameras. And I think we've seen many moments where Juan is clearly does not give a fuck about these cameras. Um, <laughs> and so I think she's being strategic in that sense. And it's like, let's just keep, you know, maybe next season it'll be like, well, here's my bachelorette party. And then the next season it's like, here's my <laughs> bridal yeah. shower. And then, yeah. What does it say about Ashley? And I don't mean this in a critical way, but honestly, in a a nuanced way, hopefully with more than a a dash of curiosity. Like, what does it say about Ashley that she felt in that moment? Thank God it's someone else's turn. Yeah, I was disappointed in Ashley in that moment. I think part of me wants to give her 
a pass in the sense of like mm-hmm. she is going through this very public divorce everyone obviously has their conversations and even Giselle was saying like the memes are going off and it's like yeah she has that support but there's constantly going to be you know the conversation of like oh she just used that man da, 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 da. so like she's not going to escape it so I think for her to kind of as I think we've seen in other franchises to see made up ludicrous things potentially take the heat off someone else's life I think she's probably just like well it's showtime let's go how does it feel but it was just kind of uh, you were just in this woman's house like y'all were having a good time and I think we were all excited to see like oh my gosh have Candace and and Ashley kind of buried the hatchet based off the trailer baby no (laughs) the hatchet was taken and and put in Candace's bag that's an axe right a hatchet (laughs) whatever it's a thing. yeah I, we all read that book hatchet or whatever remember talking about survival where the the person i don't remember who it was had a fucking hatchet i hated it i hated that book shout out elementary school um yeah i think that's a i <laughs> think that's a solid point i also just like wonder with ashley there's a difference between acknowledging another person's experience and mm-hmm. like reveling in someone else feeling embarrassment like I just wonder you're divorcing this man or or god forbid not divorced but separating from oh this god. man what is she doing she's buying a house <laughs> uh, I mean at what point do you think if ever could Ashley say yeah he's kind of a piece of shit mm, I don't think she ever will I think she's always going really? to play the co-parenting yeah she's gonna play the obviously like you know i've moved on but no one wants to hear that about the father of your kids if your father of your kids is trash he's trash (laughs) like like what are you trying to protect like we've all seen it we've all done it it's it's been in excerpts we know this man is a creeper ass creep who touches people and allegedly goes to get his deep sucked at Philip's house (laughs) (laughs) do you think ashley really thinks genuinely that what Michael Darby has done repeatedly is at the same level of what Candace uh, of what Chris did or is this just uh, just kind of like a god bless now it's your turn this is a this is very much a god bless this is your turn type of thing I sometimes like to uh, I think equate Giselle and Robin to like a Alisa Rena slash Erica Jane because I think the reason why Lisa has lasted so long on Housewives is because everyone's terrified of her. Kyle is, Dorit is, Erica is because it's been very much proven this woman will do any and everything Mm -hmm. for a check, for a storyline and ruin a friendship. Mm -hmm. And just like Giselle, Giselle has only ever brought nothing but chaos every season and it's digging up other people's dirt digging up their issues digging up their problems and then when confronted acting like well what did i do i just i just i just read a news article well girl you wrote the article like (laughs) like so that's Mm -hmm. i think in that sense ashley was probably like whose team am i going to be on in this do i want Giselle and Robin going after me in my marriage during when I'm going through this rough time where I may lose my bag, aka this house. Let me go against them. Let me go with them and join the, the Candace hate train and then just ride this wave while I sign this new house lease agreement. 
Mortgage? <laughs> money things for people who don't always spend i mean i really have i talk about lack of empathy i really it's just a basic lack of understanding from me um with giselle do you think it's that she's i mean obviously so much of her job a la rena is in being the one to say the thing and do so quite expressively yes there has been conversation around certainly led by candace on social media um of late around why don't we see what's going on in this woman's life is it possible there really isn't anything going on or is that just me being absurdly uncurious no i think it's very much known or it feels very apparent when a housewife is stretching and pushing for a storyline like i mean i'm sorry wendy really bar none with peter of all of all what on earth of all people to go in the business with like she might as well like create a music festival with the fire fest people like like <laughs> what like this man has like this man literally is wants to be a housewife, pops up in any franchise he can pop up mm. in, is always drunk, and literally I think he's been sued for like not paying bills. So <laughs> in the mm-hmm. restaurant industry is the hardest to break into. Right. In a post and in a post-COVID world, you want to open a mm-hmm. Nigerian lounge with a library? What are you talking about? You sound stupid, Wendy. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it's just like, you know. Uh, so I feel like she doesn't have anything going on or else we'd see it. And by she, you mean Giselle? Yeah. I just, yeah, I guess maybe the thing that she has going on is the ability to protect herself by putting up walls. Like, I I just find it hard to imagine that someone who is that, I think, charismatic, gorgeous, confident is not dating like I just I find that very hard to believe of course she doesn't but she doesn't want to subject that person to the limelight because again then it's going to be under the scrutiny and the pick apart of the housewife multiverse which woo Mm -hmm. (laughs) good luck (laughs) would some of that empathy potentially apply to the way that she's talking about other people's relationships like do you think that she has capacity to be empathetic for what Chris might endure as a result of how this conversation is being driven or do you think that's like not her responsibility she only has to be responsible for discussing what she wants to discuss I think that she knows how to do her job well enough to clock in clock out and Mm -hmm. maybe not let it affect her psyche um again I don't I mean these women these women are making a shit ton of money off mm-hmm. of this show, this franchise, this whole thing. So she's protecting her bag. She doesn't, she's not married. Her kids are about to be gone. Like mm-hmm. what, like she has to set herself up for success. And so I, again, I think there are people who know how to clock in and clock out. Um, I think she does a good job at like, she doesn't seem to really get involved with a lot of the, the petty social media antics. Mm-hmm. Um and again, maybe that's just she knows how to like just confidently do her shit and then step back. So I think she's smart to not. I she knows that if she brought a man around, it's gonna get scrutinized like none other. She tried to bring her own ex husband around and lie and scheme and say that was a thing, and she became a joke saying that her man lives in the phone. Like, <laughs> so I think she tried that, even though we knew they 
were not really trying to be together. Jamal just had some free time. <laughs> I mean, that was just such a... Also, what happened to the restaurant? That it he got closed. It closed didn't down. It, get closed? it was weird to me that they used that as a throwback and didn't include like an update. It was just a thing that he did for his kids. And it's like, wait, I thought something happened with that. Yeah, like, I thought failed, that there was like, like some sort of failed a house a failing business. And then oh, it no. like closed. <laughs> like, I'm sorry if you're a restaurant. I used to work in hospitality and like I know what an A is. So mm-hmm. and even that's mm-hmm. a lot of shit gets let by. So if you have a B, <laughs> a B or lower, I once it's got tough. I once got food from a B place and immediately threw it away. <gasps> really? Yeah. And I was drunk too. So I was just like, nope. Wow. No. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, if you're if you're thinking about like the letter grading though, isn't there a certain amount of respect one could should uh pay to what Giselle is so um talented at doing on Potomac because she is oh she says the an, things that she, we're all thinking she, but she has but here's the thing you can only do it for so long yeah until it catches up with you in like an mm-hmm. unfavorable way I mm-hmm. think I don't know how I don't know what their thought process is around editing and like how they're trying to position Giselle, but I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, people would probably find her more relatable to see her have a breakdown, to kind of see her be held accountable, and then see how she kind of rebounds from that. Because it's kind of like you can only be the villain for so long until it's like you just it just becomes too too toxic and nasty. And I think. You know, I think as we've seen with other franchises that like after a while, if you let these people kind of continue to like be just unashamingly themselves and it mm. it's and they're not being checked for it. I mean, I think for a long time, Rihanna, not Rihanna, Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> so similar. So similar. Ramona, where's your album? Ramona. Turtle time. Um, oh, my God. Love, I, I can, you, I, you, you can't say that Ramona Singer is not a great housewife, great TV, but mm-hmm. there was never a moment where she was held accountable, and like that reunion could have been that moment, and it was taken away. So mm-hmm. I think with these Bravo villains, we have to be able to show that people can be held accountable, and then the balls in their court of how they want to go forward. Do you apologize? Do you kind of try to show a different side? Do you, you know, kind of own your mess? Or do you just stay in that toxic, shit-stirring, pot-stirrer, say-whatever-comes-to-your-mind type of personality? Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. 
It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at Windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a Top Chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. So the counter that I would say to that is many people held Ramona accountable. She just didn't listen. It required her being spoken to or insulted by someone at a caliber that she had acknowledged like um, 
ex- surpassed her own, mm-hmm. a la Bethany's fame after leaving Housewives and then returning. And Ramona would try to shame her with the like, you're back. You have yeah. to, you know, you have to have me on the trip. Like you can't pretend not to invite me. We're on a cast show um, or we're on an ensemble show together. And the way that Bethany would drag her, it seemed like Bethany was the one Ramona forced herself or felt forced to listen to because mm-hmm. of, I think, a begrudging mutual respect with Giselle. I think that person is Karen. Mm. Don't you think? Isn't Karen the one who can really hold her accountable and get her to really kind of listen? Maybe it's different in terms of obviously like the professional aspect of it when it comes to Bethany and Skinny Girl. But with Karen, I think there is that history there and that respect, I think between them that makes Karen stuff hit harder. I think, I mean, I don't know. Do I see Karen? I just do. Do you think Karen will, but I feel like Karen could have done Giselle so much dirtier in the past that she's kind of just like poked the bear and kept it light, but then like, didn't go in. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Karen go in like the same way. Karen is, and these previews clearly not fucking with Sharice. There were mm-hmm. many times that she could have not fucked with Giselle at that level, but she just kind of kept it cute. Mm. I think again, I think there's just there's probably again so much that goes on behind the scenes, and even both Ashley and Candace alluded to. I mean, we hear stuff about everybody, so it's kind of like, who do you want on your team? Who do you want that's going to pull up the receipts? of the rumors that everybody's hearing, but no one's talking about. Giselle's always going to pull it up. Why do you think Sharice is coming so hard for Karen? Um, Because she wants to be back on TV. I mean... <laughs> she wants to be back on TV. Her kids have all graduated. Her man, who never even showed up to film, is no longer in her life. <laughs> like, you know, I can imagine, like, having that sense of like relevancy and then being kicked to the side Mm -hmm. being and then kind of like seeing because I feel like Potomac I mean I've always been a fan since season one watching in real time but like I would say within the last two years Potomac has really kind of gotten on people's radars of people being like oh wow like this is actually a great franchise and so Mm -hmm. for someone like Sharice who was let go earlier on and, and then like would I think made her attempt to scratch her way back in and is now finally back as an official friend of capacity she's like okay i have to clock in because i'm trying to either maintain my friend of status or become a flute holder next season so i think there's the desperation there there's the there's the i'm here and i have to deliver because i'm sure again the entire season she didn't know what was going to happen until the producers figured out what they were going to do so i think she just showed up and did what she needed to do and i'm pretty sure Karen knew that and felt that. Obviously, many people know about these rumors about her and Ray. So there's clearly, she's bothered by something. So, Do you think Cherise should come back full time? Mm. Who you're giving a face. Mm. Mm. It's tough, right? I w- I, I, that's a question I would have to s- wait to answer until I see the rest of the season play out. Because we still have yet to see or find out or figure out what it is because it it feels like there's a lot of tension going on but like they're not addressing it 
Like, mm -hmm. why are they like this? Why is there tension? Why is Karen running away when Sharice comes over? Like, what has Sharice has been saying off camera around the girls that maybe we're not seeing that has gotten Karen to this point? And I need to get there and see how Sharice handles it. If she handles it and brings the shade and brings the fun and keeps it fun and cute, <laughs> come back as a friend of. I don't know how cute it's going to be. I mean, I don't think it's going to be cute, but it might be great TV. <laughs> I think it might be great TV. I did, though, wonder when Robin was FaceTiming her and, like, literally had her phone ready and was like, bip, 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 FaceTime. I thought to myself, wait, why isn't Sharice on this trip? Exactly. If you know that there's like a weird energy with her and Karen that we saw at Family Fun Day, we saw previously, why not? And Sharice is, is she not an official friend of the season? If she she's has not, a she, she feels has a like cast one. Photo. She has a, a friend of cast right. photo. So. so then why wouldn't she be there? Did they feel like they had enough? They weren't wrong. I mean, Lord knows there's more than enough with just the full-time cast. Exactly. But I, I thought it was kind of interesting that she wasn't there. Well, is this, this, this is just them at the burning session. Maybe she'll be on the Miami trip. Oh, yeah. This is just like a, you know, no disrespect to Dr. Wendy, but like a nothing burger. This isn't like a real trip. Yeah. This is like a, hmm. a day trip and maybe they stay over. I don't even know. Maybe it was a production call, but clearly Robin and Giselle were ready to pull up Cherie. Like Cherise was sitting at her phone waiting to answer. Like, they're going to need me. They're going to need me. They told me to be ready. And how does that work from an alliance perspective? If you have Giselle... Uh, Giselle, Robin, and Sharice on one side, but Ashley and Candace are having issues. Mia is like just always half present, and Karen is there. Can you make an alliance work with Ashley and Candace who are fighting, and Karen there who doesn't even really want to necessarily engage in this? Mm, I don't think you can make an alliance. But I guess once I think once we see how the girls react to whatever Sharice brings around that really sets Karen off, mm -hmm. then I think there will be like a, a the lines drawn in the sand. I think it's gonna end up being like Candace, Wendy, Karen, when uh, Robin. Oh, right, Wendy! I forgot about Wendy. Oh my god, I forgot about Wendy. I mean, she's been kind Apologies. of. I mean, she's not. She's <laughs> not. She's not hawking those three wick candles this season. Oh yeah. Uh, or talking about her fucking happy Inez. Oh, she was insufferable last season. In the way that I know people have really um, big feelings about Giselle, I don't have big... I And I, I honestly really enjoy and appreciate Giselle, but I can completely, you know, criticize, call it whatever. Completely. I don't have big feelings about Dr. Wendy. I really don't. I think our... The, I think with Dr. Wendy... There was this huge 180 from her first season. Like, yeah. there's always going to be the second season glow up. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I was definitely, I mean, completely wrong terminology when they brought it up. But I was very much in agreement with Robin and Giselle when they were like, who are you? Like, you can't mm -hmm. go from talking about your five degrees, it's four. But like, and then talking about like, your new boobs and like ugh. like I don't know it just like I just feel like I mean granted we as human beings we are whole people where we can be really smart and educated and read books but also really want to show off our body 
And so I just feel like maybe her getting more comfortable in her skin just didn't convey as natural. So I feel like the people that liked Wendy in her first season, it just, they kind of scratched their head and were like, well, and then she was very annoying like the previous season. So I think like, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't know what to say. That's going to sound nice. Like, I'm not buying her book. You don't need to be nice. Well, it's not, I mean, it's not even that. I just, she's boring. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I'm so sorry. I don't like her. I'm so sorry. Wendy is boring. She doesn't know how to argue. She is very dismissive. Um, And her reads sound rehearsed. You know, the thing with Dr. Wendy to me is that it gets into this interesting to me area of branding Mm. because I think establishing yourself coming into an already successful franchise, establishing establishing yourself to the housewives as someone who's previously already established themselves to the world with a very specific professional brand, I think to Wendy for understandable reasons was very important and like hearing her relationship with her mother and the cultural influences in being a doctor and doing these things and being a professor and reaching these professional goals and then staying there don't leave like once you hit it it's not a sign to exit it's a sign to further grow and her you know struggling with that and then trying to figure out what her brand is as a housewife and then her just as a person, Mm -hmm. I wonder if some of that is what we're seeing here. Like the idea that she felt the need to open this restaurant or to, to play the part of someone wanting to do these things when she has so much other stuff going on. You have so much other stuff like going on that you could talk about that we could focus on. And it's like, this is the, this is the lane you want to go in bar none. But maybe this is also a genuine part of her identity. Maybe it's not, if it's a performance, it might not be a performance for us or the other women. It might just be a part of what Wendy feels like she is supposed to be responsible for doing. Yeah. Well, why not expand your home candle line into like bed sheets? Yeah. Or... If you want to do a bar, I would say, like, sell your likeness, do a licensing thing where you show up, you are not, you're not looked at to invest financially in any significant way. And Mm -hmm. you can go in and be a part of it or, or brand with someone who already has an existing successful product, maybe not in your area necessarily, if that doesn't exist. I understand her wanting to create this, but I also just think, like, there's a difference between creation and capacity and she's she's dealing with physical after effects the shock waves of what stress does to a person let alone what stress the stress of being a housewife I just think I think it's I think it might be more complicated for Dr. Wendy than like the performance of all of it or like the performance might be more nuanced for her but that makes sense I would honestly personally love to, to see the 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 daily i mean i think a lot of people could benefit from mm-hmm. hearing hey stop like and just mm-hmm. focusing on that journey of her maybe putting taking less off taking less off her plate taking off her plate and like yeah, focusing on it. getting her health better because we live in a society that's very much go 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 mm-hmm. and it's kind of like tell that story i don't want to see you open a bar with peter thomas 
Yeah. I think that's the thing that's kind of difficult. And I think she explained it. I didn't watch her watch what happens. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but I think she explained it on the show maybe or somewhere as like she went to a restaurant that he owned or was involved in and thought it looked really great. And I understand that, but liking a place that you experience and wanting to take that on are two um, totally different things. Yeah. And I, I also think like the home essentials line is really smart. Like why it's not, so why not focus on that? It's so smart. Cause it just now, cause then it just looks like, okay, like you had a candle, like now what? Like, let's mm. see, like, let's see you expand your business. I want to see you in business meetings where you're talking about, well, where do we want to go? Like get into a retailer, like make yes. that the focus. Like what a win to see. A, I mean, when Kenya got into Walgreens, CVS, 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 one of them things. Like what a (laughs) dope moment on television to watch a single black woman who is a mom Mm. who had became a mom late in life, who is like Mm -hmm. overcame all these other things in her life, Mm -hmm. end up in CVS. Like everyone knows what CVS is like, and to be in a national retailer, like let's see that journey. Like, cause people actually like that stuff. Like, I would rather see 10 minutes of that collective in a season than the one scene I saw her with her and Peter. I think I got up and was like, oh, I can't do this. Well, and the example of of Kenya is such a great point when talking about Dr. Wendy, because Kenya herself even talked about how growth almost broke her brand because they weren't prepared for it or whatever breakdown. I think it was like supply chain stuff, Mm -hmm. maybe COVID related it she almost it it almost like capsized her brand which people don't think about you think and, totally and I'm one of those people like you think about oh my god expanding into this huge national retailer but can you match what they want to do that's a a scary proposition especially if you have a small team especially if you are the face of the brand and mm-hmm. the person you know the executive behind the company seeing some of that with Dr. Wendy's stuff would be you know with what dr wendy has going would i think would be really interesting great and well received and the way you could pivot it is in so many ways like it could have been a great olive branch between her and robin because robin's hat business is very successful so it's kind of like how did you go about that the things you overcame or maybe even reaching out to another housewife that has also started a business and expanded and like because we love a good crossover um Versus it being Peter Thomas. Like, why did you call up Lisa Vanderpump? <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, that, I mean, I don't know that Lisa's available to do any kind of housewives, anything anytime soon. But yeah, that's a great, I think that's a great point. And I also am sure that Dr. Wendy has a great Rolodex. And I yeah. also do wonder about the housewives universe of it all, how she and, and Peter came to agree on this even behind the scenes before taking it um on camera but i also think like when it comes to dr wendy and like you you talk you mentioned her being a little dismissive or condescending there was a mo and the idea of being like presentational there was a moment where who was it someone was pushing back on her not listening to feedback she was receiving and Mm -hmm. she sort of shut it down she got a little cold and was like we're not talking about that 
you are only allowed to discuss what's on the card when it came to. Oh the yeah, yeah, that's what. Um, uh, yeah, to who was Rob- it? Do you remember who was it? Robin? Yeah, it could have been Robin. Yeah, yeah, because I think Candace again, growth was trying to translate what Robin was trying to communicate, which. Robin may not have needed a translator, but Candace <laughs> felt like she, you know, like Candace was like, I understand how to talk to Dr. Wendy, or I feel like I could mediate this yeah. and explain it in a way that's easier to understand because you might not feel as defensive. But the way that Dr. Wendy shut that down, not a good to look me for was, her. it was very illustrative, though, to me of Dr. Wendy's like disinterest, I guess you could say dismissiveness on anything outside what it is that she wanted to discuss which is ironic when the whole purpose of this lol game that everyone knows is going to turn into a fight is all about hearing things you may not want to hear exactly she gets regimented when she wants to be and that i think is really illuminating yeah and it's like obviously i'm not going to write all my grievances but this piece of paper is the doorway to the grievances and we're going to step inside so they'd be like no no only on this paper. Well, here we go. <laughs> this is this is literally what we were talking about. <laughs> it says a lot. I also think like this season is so hot right now. And I really like. We're only I on episode know. what for? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm a thousand percent in. And I'm so glad that we focused on it with this oh, episode of AG. Because I think Potomac deserves it. it and deserves it's just so. It. it deserves it. And I also like have questions about I'm, I'm so focused on Ashley and Candace because I'm like are they okay now or are they I thought that they were okay I thought they were too in this? I can I was either one of them was on watch what happens live and right. the question was asked I think either but Andy or a, a, a virtual guest about her relationship with their relationship with each other right and from what I gathered from it because they were the both whoever it was, I don't know, Ashley or Candace, they were like, oh, like stay tuned. And then I think Andy was like, oh yeah, like you'll you'll see like because I think a picture was posted of them hanging out and it was like, oh, I guess they're right. in a good place. But I also maybe guess I just don't know how you come back from this as as Ashley and her relation to Candace's life moving forward. I personally do not see how Candace could even maintain the budding mm. friendship. I don't see Chris sitting idly and being like, yeah, hang out with her. Like, go for it. Like, I could see him being very opinionated of being like, no. And well, also just stepping back. And yet there was something that I read somewhere, but it was like gossip ask, aka I'm obsessed. But there was something I thought I read about how the fact that like, on the upcoming season, you know, prior to the season beginning, it was like Ashley and Candace get through some stuff. It gets intense, but then they grow closer by the end. And I'm like, I would love to see that happen. Oh. But the way that Candace is encapsulating and talking about Ashley on social, I'm like, did it happen? I, how much of this is you reacting to the episodes and how much of it is you like continually being pissed? Yeah. So I, also was under the illusion that they were going to squash the beef and be friends this season. Right. So that's why when I saw the preview for this week, last week, I was like, that, no, I don't, what? Friends? We're only on episode four. So I just don't know how Candace will, will and could re, re, re-forgive her. 
Yeah, and I think intention here is really important because when they flash back to that scene of Candace taking Ashley aside, I guess Giselle was there or whatever. Yes. And it, Candace was like, listen, essentially we're doing this on camera, but like showed a level to me of respect to Ashley and unfortunately Ashley's relationship with Michael in the way that she discussed things and the lack of respect in how Ashley was talking about this, saving it, waiting until a group event when she could have taken Candace aside. I think that's going to be the thing that sticks with Candace longer than anything else. Because Giselle just did the exact same thing to her. Yeah, that would be tough for that would be like a tough pill for me to swallow. And you know, I love me an antidepressant, but like I don't know how <laughs> that would make me. I mean, amen. We we stand. I don't use water. I, don't, I dry swallow all my pills. Oh my god! Ew! What? No! Why? Like mm. why? No. Already in the bathroom. I, mm. No, there's you, water there. It's I called know, a you, sink. But you count down. You go like one, two, three. Mm. No, I don't. <laughs> I when I was in the ICU in May, at one point they gave me like a fucking pill, and I was like, "This is. Do you think I'm a horse? Like, what do you think? Even with water, I I don't remember what it was, but it was all the vitamins in the universe being ingested into my body at one time. Probably a. It's like I would love that. I I would love a one and done pill. I have a low. What's that called? I have a. I have a high gag reflex. Oh. Pause. Insert joke here. <laughs> Only thing being inserted. Um, I'm happily taken. I'll just say that. <laughs> he folded my laundry last night. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I uh, so I guess it's, I, I think it's a little bit of a to be continued. I, it was. It literally said to be continued. <laughs> I mean, it, it quite literally did. Next week is going to be insane. And also, I have to say, Married to Medicine happened. We didn't talk a little bit about it, even a little. And Salt Lake City. Oh. <sighs> Wild stuff. We are, unfortunately, this episode, do you want to say a little bit about Married to Medicine before we wrap? And then I'm just going to hold Salt Lake and keep you captive and have you come back on AG ASAP. I was doing the dishes earlier and I was, did this season feel short to you for Married to Medicine? Yes. That is, that is, that is, that, that's where I'm currently at right now. Uh-huh. And I don't know why that happened. Yeah. But. Same. I will say I'm very happy that I'm happy that they got the love that they got like at BravoCon and like yes you can see that like this is a very much as I think earlier on I was always like nervous like that people wouldn't see the greatness in Married to Medicine mm-hmm. because we already have another show featuring a predominantly African American female cast shot in Atlanta but Housewives and Married to Medicine are two totally different shows to mm. totally different vibes. And I think because we have this group of people who are genuinely all friends and genuinely want to work on their relationships, I'm interested to see where they go next season with all the relationships, with all the fractures. You have Toya and Heavenly, who I don't think we'll ever see eye to eye. Oof. Toya and Eugene, they just need to be very honest and open with their relationship problems. They're, they're they're not they're not communicating well i think because mm-hmm. i don't know how someone's husband can literally go outside and work to pay all your bills mm. and then you complain that they're never around i don't know 
but he but I he did acknowledge that that like I think the stress of COVID in the last two years it did such damage to so many people's relationships and I think she felt she felt alone you don't want to feel alone you don't want to feel alone in your marriage it's not about the big house he was running he said two ERs I can't even and during I can't and trying not to be around his family so it's just kind of but I I want but I also want her to realize like Yes, he was course. running two ERs. He yeah. was yeah. in the middle of, of COVID. Like, yeah. I, mean, I know many people who they're, it was like, you sleep in the basement. I'm upstairs. Like you're mm. testing every, like, so I guess it's kind of like, I was, would love to see Toya take on, like at least some responsibility and to not talk about your husband's penis on TV. Oh my gosh. And you know, she fucked up the second that she said it. Oh. And as she said during the reunion, she was like, I I told him essentially immediately. Which I'm glad she, knew she it was did. Be a thing. I'm glad she did too. But that doesn't take out the sting of how he felt because so much of what we talk about when we talk about married to medicine is like the idea, honestly, of manhood mm-hmm. through the husbands and how they experience that and how the wives sometimes or cast members, <laughs> squads there, sometimes weaponize that Completely. as a way to punish them or exact revenge on their spouses because mm-hmm. that's going to be the tenderest, softest spot. That's yeah. t- I mean, look at what Quad, Quad Quad had some stuff to say during this reunion that I wasn't 100% loving. Miss Quad, Miss Quad, Miss Quad. I would love yeah. to see Quad get served in the sense of like squad definitely brings it and she knows how to put herself in positions Mm -hmm. to where in her mind she can defend herself and kind of be all I'm a single woman and I did this up like I need quad to get a little bit of quad medicine I think Mariah do you think they'd ever bring Mariah back I know there's all that drama but like I don't know that I don't think that that's a good (sighs) idea I don't know I think we've moved on I hate to say it Mm. and and you know she was a part of the show being created but I just don't know that she's still credited as a producer she as she should be but I just don't think that I don't think that that would be a good idea for anyone and I think that we've moved into a different chapter I just don't think I don't know. What do you True. think? I, I just feel like I need, there needs to be some shift yes. in dynamic a little bit. And like, I want to see, I want to see like what that would be like. Cause I mean, quad goes for the jugular and I just want to kind of see what that looks like on the other end. I mean, not, mm. I mean, I guess they made these claims about her sleeping with married men. Like, I'm like, bring, bring me some facts. Like, Tell me Quad was at the insurrection on January 6th. Like, like that's... <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, that's um, what I want. I want some... That, that doesn't seem like a realistic possibility, but neither I just to found me out does, like, her having that house. Were there. What? <gasps> Shut up. You know that's a federal crime. Spiritual uncles or literal uncles? Well, my stepmom's brothers. <gasps> were they there to support the government? I was like, I just found I'm out. Trying to give you an out. I'm trying to I give just, you an out. I just found out two weeks ago, and I was just like, I literally opened the phone and the, went to the family group chat, and oh, I said, no. "Why am I just now finding out about this?" And my stepmom across the table was like, "Because of this very reason." And I was like, I could have been making so many jokes. I mean, yeah, you missed out. You've had a while of missed opportunities. I mean, Thanksgiving is gonna be fun. Oh no. 
have they been oh they've been excommunicated from like the family well and also have they been served with anything or Not that i know of wow it's like the you know the devil's version of candid camera is like you don't want your face to appear in that. That's gonna they were be a like, tough Christmas. My, mom, my stepmom was like, they just went. I was like, how? It's like, there was a bus. Hmm, what bus? <laughs> I mean, it really was kind of like an after school activity for a lot of people, which um, everybody remember to vote. Um, when it came to the idea of moving forward, whose relationships do you think are most fractured coming out of the reunion? Hmm. I think the most fractured, I think next season we're going to see Eugene. I think we may see the husbands step in more mm. because I see I, the way Eugene was very much defending Toya. The fact that even Damon. Yeah. When Dane you when Daddy starts talking, because you gotta listen. Because Damon it's is gonna the, happen often. And that he even said, like, I am always gonna be me. I'm quiet. I keep to myself. But if I'm gonna talk, you need to listen to me. You don't over don't over speak like so I think I, I think I could see a season where the husbands get involved more in a sense that maybe we're like, oh, like, I don't know. So I, I, but I, I would like to see that. I get there always like, oh, like, that's women's stuff. But I also feel like, I don't know, like if someone's really trying to like come for my partner or like my, like, I think I have every right to say something. Yeah, and it's also married to medicine. So exactly. much of the show is about relationships. We've seen Scott and Contessa go through it. Ugh. We've seen Heavenly go through it with everybody else. <laughs> marriages. <laughs> We've obviously seen what's going on with, um, I mean, Dr. Jackie. That's a whole navigation. Dr. Simone, obviously. And there seem to be some cracks in that foundation, yeah. which I'm very nervous about. The fact that they hadn't even spoken about why they were about to get divorced really made me uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> yeah and like that they've been doing some like kind of like passive aggressive digs at each other that very like, all is not aggressive. well right now and that makes me very nervous and even like even when it comes down to like them speaking about sex like he was very much open i and your spouse is like let's jazz it up let's and mm. your immediate reaction is like no Hell i'm no. good yeah. and it's like okay well <laughs> Don't let him pull a Curtis. Oh, Lord. Uh, Curtis. You know, he made some points, but I was also like, why are you talking now? When like, But I guess that's the problem is that like people don't listen to him and then he's like upset about that. But I don't know. I just I'm not quite sure. But if Dr. Jackie's happy, that's great. That's great. If she's happy, I'm happy. If she likes it, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Amen. Dr. I mean, she can do no wrong. Even when she's wrong, I'm like, it's fine. She's right. Exactly. It's like just We just live in Dr. Jackie's world and, you know, oh, shots for everybody who's got $2,500 they want to waste on <laughs> my left swipes. Um, Listen, Daniel Stokes, I could talk. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I could talk to you forever. Tell the AGs a little bit about your pod thoughts and prayers and what they can look forward to listening to and where they can follow you on social yeah I'm, i have a podcast with my bestie mark he lives in nashville so it's literally Ooh. like our way of connecting and staying you know in communication with each other we hang out on zoom and share our thoughts about the world and end it with a prayer sometimes no, a non-religious prayer love that it's just love more that. so like an affirmation of like hey 
you know, <laughs> hope you voted because I have seen every season of The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> oh my God. You know what is so crazy? Last couple I like episodes, how you just started whispering. <laughs> I know. I just got, you know, it's like so nuts to me. The last couple episodes of The Handmaid's Tale, fantastic. How did that happen? How did that happen? I just started watching the season Buckle earlier, up. earlier this week. There's some stuff happening. And if you stopped watching Handmaid's Tale, good for you. I genuinely wish I, I had wish that. I wish I could have stopped. I was I mad wish I, I could have stopped. I was really mad the last several ep- uh, the last several seasons. I was like, what the fuck is this? And I feel like you got me the first season and the second season. And I do feel like it's a form of self-harm watching that fucking show. But like, Completely. I got to tell you, artistically, and Bradley Whitford directed one of my favorite episodes Ooh. this season. And his casting and bringing him on board the cast has been really great. Okay. Anyway, listen, off of the Handmaid's Tale, on to where people can follow you on social. Did you tell the AGs? Um, our, my, the uh, Instagram for my podcast is girl you better pray that's g-u-r-l-y-a-b-e-t-t-e-r-p-r-a-y there was nothing else available and then if you want to follow my personal instagram it's rupert the baxter like megan the stallion but rupert the baxter Oh my That's God, so complicated. I love it. I love it. It's so complicated. And I love that. I love your complicated <laughs> journey on social media. And you guys should listen to our first episode of AG together. I forget what number that was because you get into the details about all of that. And you're dancing now on Zoom, which I'm extremely into. You know what else I'm into, guys? Joining the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Patreon.com slash Andy Scrolls. There's an hour-long Satchel Spectacular up uh, that went up a couple days ago and I'm putting up a new one this week. So send me your satchels of gold, listener thoughts and feels, questions and concerns about all things housewives. You can do that after following me on social by sliding into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley or send me a long form thesis satchel spectacular by emailing andysgirlsshow at gmail.com. And as we started the podcast by talking about how we are rocking the vote. I want to share a resource with you guys. As we know, the midterms are today. Here. <laughs> they're, they're here. They may have they already are here. happened. They are here. Depending on, depending we are on literally on the edge of oh. stuff. And the edge of possibly World War Z. So um, <laughs> midterms are here. Please, if you are um, able to vote and you're a U.S. listener, hey, welcome to Andy's Girls, um, howdy, or whatever, um, a website and an organization that I think um, could be helpful for you uh, in advance of voting is rockthevote.org. They are the most trusted and effective nonpartisan nonprofit dedicated to building the political power of young people. And, you know, I just confirmed my polling location to vote because I just wanted to make sure that nothing had changed and yeah, doing so was so quick and so easy. And I know that I have a, a level of privilege and not having to worry about crowds at my polling location. But if you are planning to vote day of, keep that in mind that, you know, stay in line, vote, use your power. Complaining is all fine and good. But if you're not also voting, you're doing something wrong. And tell your friends and family and loved ones that now is the time to vote. We should all be utilizing this power and this privilege because not everyone has it. And those of whom uh, have the opportunity to do so and to 
put our citizenry to the test. Um, I highly encourage and thank all of the AGs for voting. And uh, we'll see how that goes. But listen, I'm going to tell you what, this this was a delight. Always. It's always a delight. One of these days, I'm not going to, I will, there will be a week I'm not traveling. And you are coming to the Clawfest. I know. I, I want to come to the Clawfest. Look Claw at Fist. the dresses. Ursula. You always, you always get me on the weeks where I'm jet setting. I know. I always do. It's just every week. Who are you fucking kidding? I sent you the, my schedule for the rest of the year. <laughs> I want it. I want it. I'm going to put it in my Google account because I got no, fucking nothing to do. Um, <laughs> guys, on that note, I hope you're all doing okay. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye.